I'm Maverick Peters, and this is Money with Maverick. Hi, my name is Zisa Spadone. I'm in Asset Acquisition and Development, which is a really fancy way of saying I stare at my computer screen and Excel sheets all day figuring out if a deal is a good investment. Uh, before that, I worked in mortgages, helping people buy their dream homes, which I loved being able to do, help people realize their dreams in a healthy financial way. Uh, and before that, I worked in bookkeeping. All right, so I'm sitting here with Zisa Spadone. Zisa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. So I'm so happy that you're here. I know that this has been a back and forth to try and get you in. And, you know, <laughs> um, today we're going to talk about specifically for the religious couple, what budgeting looks like. Simply put, what is a budget? Why and do I need one? Most simply, what a budget is, is you write down two columns. In the first column, you're writing down every cent you make. So if you have a job that pays you 60000 a year, technically that sum would be 5000 right, divided by 12. But, you know, first you got to pay the taxman. So let's say your take-home pay is $3,400 a month. Write that down in one column. In the next column, you're going to write down every single expense you have. Start with the ones that don't change. You know, rent, it's not really changing much. It's $1,800 a month or it's 1200 a month. Write down your taxes, your gas bill your electric bill, your Wi-Fi bill, your phone bill, you know, write down those things that, you know, no matter how far you go in the 21st century, you can't run away from, you know, uh, write down your water bill, your sewer bill, whatever kind of bills you have that are consistently coming in every month, more consistent than we probably are in any other place in our life, write down those expenses. Then write down in the third column, write down any other kind of expense, write down how much you're spending on groceries, write down how much you're spending on takeout, write down how much you're spending on eating out, on adventures, on travel, and you know, anything else that comes with the Jewish life. Shabbos is an expense that I feel should go in a different category than regular groceries, because when I host a Shabbos meal in New York, it's $300. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's simply what it costs. You know, write down what it costs to travel to your parents for yuntif if you're living out of town. Write down what it costs to buy a new dress as a Sheikh Yanu for Yantif because so often we're doing that. You know, we're going to Hasanas, we're buying presents. Write down categories for that. And of course, write down a category for Miser. So what a budget is going to do, it's going to look out everything you're earning and everything you're spending. And you should come up with a number, either positive or negative, meaning you take what you earn. And at the end of it, after all your expenses for the month, what are you left over with? And now this number is going to be really important because if there's nothing left over, you're in trouble. If it's a negative number, even more trouble. If it's a positive number, now that shows you that you have room in your budget, so to speak, for other expenses. So let's say you you write down all your expenses, your regular expenses, and you see I have an extra $200 left over. Now this $200 can be very powerful. It can it can either mean, "Ooh, I get to travel," or "Ooh, I get to save money for a big expense. Let's say I'm I'm saving up to go on a trip or I'm I'm saving up to buy something beautiful for a loved one or or it can go towards savings for your retirement. It can go towards investing. Now, a budget tells you the condition of your financial health. Now, in our lives, we're, we're, we're striving for health. Your health is everything. But we're not just talking about physical health or mental health, spiritual health, familial health. Financial health is also important. So how do you know if you're financially healthy? The only way to figure out if you are financially healthy is to sit down and write a budget, get serious and say, what am I spending? Also, when you think about it, we're working eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, sometimes even longer and harder. Teachers are working 10 months out of the year. Businessmen are working 12 months out of the year. If you're spending most of your day doing something, don't you deserve to know 
where your money is going. It's crazy when you get to the end of the month and you're like, oh my gosh, where's my paycheck? Because it comes in and then it's out. You're like, where did all my money even go? So answering that question is important because it's when you're spending all day working hard and you're trying to build a future and earn a living, you deserve to know where every cent is going. One thing that I think is very important is if you're looking at your budget, you're looking at all your expenses and you're ending up with a negative number, the first thing you got to do is figure out where you can either cut costs or how you can increase your income. What does a realistic budget look like for a brand new, a newlywed couple? So for a newlywed couple, first of all, you're in a unique position because most often when we have these big, beautiful weddings, these chasanas, we're being gifted so much. Most of us are being gifted, you know, our, our kitchen things, our linens, our towels. Sometimes you'll even get cash from friends and relatives, you know, and most often you'll live in a city where one or more of your parents live and you have the opportunity to go out for Shabbasim and for dinners and for holidays. You're in a unique position where you're still really being taken care of. So you are an adult, you're on your own, you're responsible for everything that's going on in your life. But your hand is almost still being held. You're being told that there's still a soft place for you to land if things go hard. So you're in a unique position to do a lot of growth, do a lot of research, and and you can learn a lot in a short space of time without having that fear of, oh my gosh, I'm totally alone. What happens if I don't know my finances? A realistic budget for a young couple is, you know, first write down those fixed expenses. What's my rent? What's my phone bill? Maybe mom's still paying for insurance. You know, maybe my dad's still covering my Netflix subscription. You know, write down all your expenses uh, and then write down your, you know, your, your non-fixed expenses, meaning things that come and go. Sometimes you buy a latte every week. Sometimes you go a month without touching coffee. Uh, so write down those expenses. Realistic is, it's a difficult word to capture because everyone's in a financial position. You know, sometimes you get married and you're both uh, jobless and you're really confused. Or sometimes you, you get married and you're both, you know, in school working hard making money everyone's in a different situation so saying your budget should be three thousand a month or six thousand a month is it's pointless but what i will say is since you're in this unique position of growth and learning I think that every young couple should be able to save every month, meaning put away $100, put away $150, or if you're really lucky, put away $350, $500, whatever the number is. Um, the reason that I'm saying this is because you're never in a better position as a young couple to save than as you get older, because the second kids come along, the second that you move out of your hometown, the minute that mom and dad say you have to start paying for your insurance, take your phone bill back, we can't help with rent, you know, when those things start to happen later down the line, you're in a very different position than you first are when you get married, which is you're, you have access to many resources. So I would say a realistic budget for a young couple looks like pay your fixed expenses, whether it's with assistance or not. You know, if mom's sending you $1,000 a month, include that in your income. You know, if you're getting financial aid that covers more than your tuition, write that down as your income. Write down the bare minimum that you need to survive, which is, you know, rent, groceries, you know, gas, car insurance, all those things. Uh, and then in another column, write down all the things that you'd love to do, but aren't necessarily necessary. You know, the, those Starbucks runs, those gel manicures, you know, we all have things in our lives that we need, we love, but we don't actually need. So write those down as well and make sure that at the end of the day, you're not losing money. So when you add up all your expenses, that there's still money in the bank. That's, that's a realistic budget for a young couple, that after all the money comes in and all the money goes out, that there's still money left in the account. That's most important. Now, as you transition into having kids and getting a career, you're also going to realize that you're going to need to increase your income, which is another conversation altogether. So at the time of this recording, our economy is a little whacked. 
And so things are very expensive, you know, everything from gas to eggs and your typical groceries. When a from couple is budgeting, especially today, it can be very overwhelming and they might start cutting corners. They might, you know, pack a lunch to go to work. If that's not enough, then what do they do, right? They're already cutting corners. They don't go to Starbucks anymore. You know, they make their own coffee and they grow their vegetables in their backyard. <laughs> at what point, you know, what's the next step from there? Right. So so if you're at a point where you're already cutting every corner you can, you know, you're shopping all the specials at the grocery line, you're only filling up gas when it's at the very end of the tank, you know, you're skipping out on the coffee and the manicures, there's really no more else you can cut without being completely and totally miserable. Now you're in a difficult position. And by difficult, I don't necessarily mean impossible. I mean... Every piece of growth requires a lot of hard work and change. You have to make more money. Now, there are, we live in the 21st century. There are so many ways to do that. You can first, I'd say, do a lot of research. You can go back to school for a year or six months, get a certificate. You don't even have to pay to go to school. There are online coding boot camps. There are online free open resources. You need to increase your salary base. You need to be more profitable. You do that by gaining skills that are desirable. You know, there are employers out there that they, there are jobs posted every day. I'm on so many groups where everybody's looking to hire and everyone's complaining, oh, there's no one to hire. Well, why is that? It's either that we don't have the correct skills or we're not looking in the right places. So you need to increase your income, whether it's going back to to school, it's learning a new skill, it's picking up a certificate, it's going for a training course, or creating a side hustle. There are so many needs out there. And then there are so many people spending money on ridiculous things. So think really big. Think what would someone with a total disposable income of a million dollars per year, what are they looking to buy? Maybe you can fill that niche. And there are so many easy ways to get started with, you know, there's there's Pinterest, there's, you know, there's uh, affiliate marketing, there's Etsy shops, there's Amazon stores. These are popping up all over the place. And if you feel that the market's saturated, I'm telling you it's not. Because Every day I'm looking up random things to buy that I definitely don't need and there's a market for it. So think what can I create to add to this market that will be purchased? You know, think of creatively of different ways of additional income. The easiest way, of course, is, you know, go to your current employer and negotiate with them. So often when we take a job, we leave money on the table. And the reality is that right now, There's no such thing as job loyalty anymore. People aren't staying in the same job for 10, 15 years. There's no pension at the end of the rainbow. Things have really changed. People are switching jobs every 12 to 36 months for that salary increase. Personally, when I switched jobs from my last employer to my new employer, I took a $20,000 salary increase. And that was amazing. If I had stayed at my other job, there's no way my boss is giving me that kind of raise, you know? So change jobs. Don't be afraid to. Know what you're worth and go out to someone else and say, will you pay me X amount of dollars for what I'm doing? Can I change my salary from 60 to 80? 80 to 100? You know, changing those things change your life. Imagine what you would do with an extra $500 a month. That's a huge deal, let alone an extra 1000 or an extra 2000 So, if you're in a situation where you don't feel confident to go back to school right now or get a new certificate or, you know, start that side hustle because it's, you know, it's time consuming and you have to invest in yourself. Look at where you are right now. Go to your current employer. Don't tell them, give me a raise because I'm struggling financially. Don't tell them, give me a raise because I've got kids at home. Tell them, give me a raise because I add X amount of value to the company because I'm working X amount of hours and contributing this kind of resource. I'm helping you build a world. Now you 
compensate me for what I'm worth. Go to your employer and negotiate hard. And something I'll say, especially for women, there's a scary statistic out there that 57% of women leave over $10,000 on the table when they accept job offers. So if you're female, go and get that raise. And if you're a guy, also go and get that raise because employers have it. And if they don't, find a new employer which sounds scary because change is always scary but there's so much opportunity out there so you got to stop living out of fear and start living as the world is your candy shop now go find which flavor you like hey before you go thanks for listening to this episode of money with maverick if you enjoyed the show share it with a friend And remember to meet me over on YouTube to catch my video summary series. You can send me an email at moneywithmav at gmail.com. And for more fun content, visit at moneywithmav on Instagram. Catch you guys in the next one.